episode of a ghost in the magazine i'm steph and i'm l and i'm bell and this week's movie is the last voyage of the demeter we rallied we watched it right when it popped off and now we're gonna talk about it yep this movie was so fucking long you guys unreasonably long and i was in not a great situation in my theater because they didn't decide to just have it in the old theater they decided to have it in the auxiliary upstairs theater of the old theater there was no door there was visible mold on the walls it was not a place i wanted to be for five minutes nonetheless two hours there was a, a warning sign across the front row of seats like, you couldn't sit there, and and they looked moist. I don't know what was going on. It was... Not moist. <laughs> moist. They looked moist. The whole room had an atmosphere to it that said black mold, and I did not want to be there. But, you well, know. I mean, it's like you got the, what is it, the 4K experience without paying for it. Because it's giving crusty, dusty ship. They were just setting, you know, the aesthetic mood for you. Because mm-hmm. I mean, look at this guy. I can't believe I paid eleven dollars and got such a deal <laughs> for a matinee. Oh, eleven for a matinee. Eleven for a matinee in the crusty, dusty old theater. That's unfortunate. I think I paid like thirteen and some change, but my theater was very nice, and all the seats, like it wasn't a flat theater. They they went all the way up like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and none of them were sticky. Yeah. I paid just over nine bucks. Pretty yeah. nice theater. Downtown Vegas. So there's like dozens mm-hmm. and dozens of showrooms. So you can go and see it whatever time you want. Pretty much there's a showtime every hour. So Damn. Okay. So I paid the most. But I live in South Florida. <laughs> so I wouldn't think Vegas. But I don't know her. So I, yeah, I would have paid the same amount you paid, Steph, if I would have gone during the evening. Oh and yeah, it I was Friday night. It was only showing in that one theater. Like that's the only place that they have it. We have two theaters in town and they're owned by the same people. And whoever it was made the decision to put it there. It's just I got to get the hell out of here. Hell yeah. But I think that's interesting. We did talk about this earlier because I went to go see The Meg when it came out and it was in like a really, it was in the same movie theater, but it was a much bigger theater. So when I got the tickets for this one, I noticed that they had put it in a significantly smaller theater. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was interesting. Like they already assumed it wasn't going to do well. Yeah. So they just kind of like shoved it off in the corner. And I did notice the headlines that were like, it capsized, it tanked. You know, they had a bunch of fun little metaphors for it, but they were planning it. Like, I really think that the theater industry did not have, either they knew the movie was shit or they were planning for it to be shit, one or the other. Okay, so like, I didn't have a terrible time watching this movie. I haven't seen any reviews or anything like that talking about how it tanked. I didn't have a bad time. There were actually a lot of things about this movie that I actually like super enjoyed, besides the fact that it was just too fucking long. So like, I gotta give it a B for boring. Oh, you were bored the whole time? Most of the time, until people were getting eaten, I think it was so long. Because yeah. there was exposition in every part where the action wasn't sure. And the weird narrator would come in and like say something. And I feel like that exposition really slowed it down, especially in the beginning. So Yeah. 
No, I agree. I definitely think that they really could have taken all that stuff out. They gave us in the beginning, it's a doomed ship. We're expecting the doom. Give us the doom. Give it. And that opening scene, very Wuthering Heights, very English moors and like the rain. And then we have this awful CGI shipwreck immediately. It just... Yeah. Come on. You wanted to keep the atmosphere there, guys. What the hell? I don't know. I also, I smoked before this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I was stone cold sober as I always am. But for me, the CGI missed the mark every time. Every time I saw CGI, I was like, can we just do something practical here? Because in like three years, we're going to look at this movie and call this Nintendo 64 graphics. I'm just saying. Yeah, it's not going to be like a memorable remake, which I was like excited for a fun take on Dracula. Yes. It's been done to death. Like, literally. Even on this podcast, we've covered so many versions of Dracula. It's actually disgusting, and I think we should ban it. (laughs) But there's literally, I'm pretty sure, another version even being made with Bill Skarsgård right now. Like, one that has a lot of Hollywood names in it. I feel like I heard about it about the same time as I heard about this movie. So... I feel like it could have been a lot more. I'm going to tell you what I what I liked, because I feel like, uh, you know, what wasn't uh, there, there's going to be more of that. I love the little light eyes peeking out of the darkness. Love that shit because it reminds me of Fright Night. Right. And I like there was a scene where he's creeping around this boat. There's only a crew of five. I feel like they should be able to find his ass, right? But he's just skulking around. And there's like scenes where he's giving Smeagol and he's just like this wretched thing and and he traps them into getting eaten. I like that he's so monster in this because there are so many renditions of this where it's more man-like than monster and so they really focus heavy on the romantical oh my god is that a word the very uh little rascals they focus on the like he can romance you part as opposed to um, he's a monster that's been terrorizing this village and i don't know look at that face though kind of a babe <laughs> i agree smoking adds something to it like it added a kind of cat and mouse effect because mm-hmm. after you know he had fed up to a certain point obviously he was strong enough to just kill them all in minutes and eat them all yeah. kill them all yeah. names slowly Mm -hmm. one by one, you know, lowering some of them in, getting some of them while they were trapped, that kind of thing. So I thought the, you know, kind of stalking around added to the fact that he obviously wanted to treat them like active prey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you're trapped out in this motherfucking boat with me. Let's play. Let's go. And they can't go anywhere. They can't do anything about Mm -hmm. it that's scary and honestly like the only thing that they could do about it right which if the doctor had identified it when the the farm animals went which i got to talk about that in a minute too but if the doctor would have identified it then and like saw that this was something and said we need to go back because everyone was like is this something that could spread if he would have been like this is the plague we need to go back in all they're doing is dooming that port that they go back into so no matter what 
somebody's gonna die and we see it doesn't matter of course but you know is it gonna be the people on this boat or is it gonna be whoever is in the port that we go into the other thing is the way this is set up is giving more like an alien movie to me where like we are not a match we are nowhere near we don't know what the weaknesses are this thing is overpowering us we have no strategy to fight it Mm-hmm. And they really don't until the woman stops speaking cryptically and starts speaking a little bit of sense. And even then, in the horrendous deaths, which the first one was laughable, the CGI on that, like, you really just needed to hire the guy from the Velocipaster that said VFX oh, added. Because that fire effect was awful. The only time it was effective it was for me was the kid. Bad. The kid was effective for me. I had a trouble with that, but again, the emotional manipulation of putting us in a boat with a fucking dog. Okay, the dog is a black lab. It's not a terrier. It's not a rat dog. It's not there to do ship shit. It's just a cute dog, and you know that dog's going to get it. You got a whole fucking petting zoo down there. You got a little kid. Emotional manipulation out the fucking ass. That pissed me off immediately. You're not respecting me as as somebody watching a movie. You're not writing me a script. You're just trying to emotionally manipulate me, you asshole. That's, I just want to fight the writers. I'm sorry. Yeah. And it was like, come on now. You're not taking into account how many boat movies and ship movies we've all seen now. Like, we've seen the boat and ship movies. We know what kind of livestock, live livestock, you can actually have on a boat. Like, these are just for cute effects. And I'm totally with you. How is it that they were so confused about how to destroy this thing when they watched several people burst into flames? And I'm like, you guys didn't think at all to trap him in the sunlight or anything. We're like, well, fuck a hole in it and jump off. I mean, he has wings. But also, like, right in the beginning, okay, that old man with the one shitty eye was like, I'm not getting on this fucking boat because you got a box with a dragon on it. That dragon, you guys are going to die. So mm-hmm. the instant strange things start being afoot at the Circle K... Why don't you go for the box with fucking dragon on it? Right. Besides the fact that these are sailors. Sailors are the most superstitious motherfuckers ever. Yeah. And we see woman. that a little bit with the woman. Like woman. As soon as... Bad luck, woman. Right. And that's a sailing superstition. <laughs> but you're telling me that these superstitious men would have had that interaction with that weird eye dude and just been like, no, I'm getting on. We're all good. No way. No fucking way. These guys didn't act like sailors either. It was like the hobbits at the table having a fucking conversation before taking off from the Shire. It wasn't... Like, there was a little bit of locker room talk, but that was it. And I feel like the woman was really only superstitious because she was Romanian. You know, <laughs> she was a brown, white person. So she was a brown, of... white person. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm never going to like any movie that only has one woman and one black person. So, <laughs> But at least they left them to the end. You know what I mean? Both they of did. them made it. Well, she didn't make it away. But... And she also was just so typical like movie woman she was there to provide the emotional comfort you know say the prayers at the funeral the reason when everybody's like let's just shoot everything you know it just it didn't make a lot of sense but also she had the kate beckinsale effect in van helsing she's just all of a sudden she's awake she's got blood transfusions but i'm like this man's gonna run out of motherfucking blood they're eating cabbage and he's sharing his cabbage with her and yeah. his blood. How 
And what about blood type? Can we, yes. That, I was like, can we talk about the blood type? She wakes up and she's just kicking ass. Right. She's just kicking so much ass. Okay, blood transfusions became a thing in like the 1890s, like Don't end of it. the 1800s, right? Dracula said in like 1897 or 1899, somewhere around there, right? So it's like, yes, this is cutting edge technology that he would know that. Most of these motherfuckers at this time period were still using leeches. They were not using blood transfusions. They didn't know that. And putting blood from one arm to the other, you're telling me they had blood type, RH factor, all this shit? No, he put the razzle dazzle on it. Miss me with the steampunk blood transfusion. <laughs> yes, that's what I it just, was. I'm not a heartless person, but no, she's done for. She gotta go dump her overboard. We got shit going on. I'm sorry. But like, I'm not giving her my blood. Well, also, I think that the fact that they backed off, like, the, the other sailors as superstitious men backed off as easy and quickly as they did especially when mr Chekhov got real fucking racist real fast as soon as all that dropped you know you're telling me that they backed off so fast and i guess i was gonna (laughs) i don't care i'm a white person i can be like that against other whites it got really racist really fast in the beginning i same thing i was like oh yes finally we're gonna go fiction and since we're doing fiction black people can be the only in the room and we're just gonna stick with that and i was really hoping for that but no that one guy had to say don't get your hopes up you know <laughs> he's still a black guy to us <laughs> you know yeah. just oh mm, black guy who could save your life whatever whatever <laughs> i just feel like we understand that fiction is fiction and mm-hmm. that there is no historical fiction that involves a flying blood-sucking bat you know, so if we're accepting that we're creating a world, can't we create a world where he was just the educated guy on the boat? You know, and he just and happened to be black. Right. Happens to be the only black one. Happens so, to and be the only maybe, black one. Maybe that'll be his thing. Maybe he'll be the nerd. You know, I was okay with that. <laughs> yes. We got to have a nerd. Every okay. movie has to have a nerd. Every movie has to have a nerd. May we please? I know child death is super not cool okay but this scene okay this whole scene i forget the names but the guy who basically got possessed i think he was the first guy to like bust into flames the tall guy who they had strapped down i did think his like being possessed by dracula thing was super fucking cool Mm -hmm. it was like the coolest thing in the movie Mm -hmm. i just was really dazzled by that but then he's like a monster, you know, they call him like a demon, but like that's it's almost giving Catholic possession with the little boy and the whole scene. It was just a lot, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was pretty cool, but it was also um, a whole lot. Like I was telling Mel before, instead of turning into another vampire, he was given evil dead. He yes. wasn't yes. giving vampire. And that was interesting. Like him slamming his head into the door and like his yeah. face bleeding. That uh-huh. was terrifying new take on it. If the rest of the movie was like that. I, I thought know. that's where it was going. I literally mm-hmm. thought that's where it was going. And I was like excited at that point. And the scene where he busts into flames, I thought was really cool. <laughs> I did session was one of the more innovative parts of this movie in terms of reinterpreting the dracula story you know they changed they didn't grow fangs 
they wanted violence, but it didn't seem like they were looking to feed in the same kind of way. No, like they were almost like just driven into madness. And that makes me think maybe some bodies can't turn into vampires or like maybe he just doesn't want them to and he can control your transition or your well, transformation. the other thing is like with Anne Rice vampires you have to have an exchange of blood oh, so yeah. maybe yeah. it's something like that but like what happens if you get bit but you don't die you get that guy fr- sorry I keep talking about Fright Night <laughs> you get the the daytime slave man from Fright Night mm. I think that's almost like a post-COVID twist because we've got in our mind this idea of what infection looks like. I think we're kind of moving away from an infection that is super visible in terms of media. You know, infection, like over the last hundred years, has looked transformative. You know, you get bitten, you're going to change. You're going to become a spider or a, you know, ninja mutant turtle or mutant ninja turtle. There we go. You know, (laughs) like you're going to change into something. And I think after COVID where people were walking around, you know, laying around looking normal and dying the next day that it changed the cultural perception of infection. And that's terrifying. Like that's scary. One of the scarier parts of it, for me, at least. I like that they were just getting, like, infected, possessed, you know, not necessarily Mm -hmm. changing. Yeah, and then you don't know, like, what's going to happen next. So when it got the little boy, you're like, is he going to die? Is he going to get possessed? Is he going to turn into a little vampire baby? Mm -hmm. Um, And that scene was really devastating because you don't realize right away that the little boy died, that he passed away. And the next thing you know, they're like, we covered him in a tarp. And the dad's like, no, he's still alive. And you're like, please don't open it. Like, don't open it. It's the dead Victorian child look um, because he is a dead Victorian child. And then he bursts into flames. That one did get me a little bit. But again, I knew when we started that movie and that kid was there that I was going to end up hurt over that child. Because it's a doomed ship and we don't know if anyone is going to make it. We have to assume that everybody died. I mean, black man. Across the ocean? Like, when could you ever put kids on a ship and expect them to live? No. I thought it was surprising. I think about Pirates of the Caribbean, which is probably not the best reference for ship stuff. But, like, crew of five? You're, I already said y'all are not going to make it. Y'all aren't going to make it. That's mm-hmm. not enough people. That's a big old ship. Yeah. Sorry for the lack of faith. And then you got this guy on it. No. And the crew dwindled really fast. We had the chef who was a hysterical religious extremist. Yeah, um, I should have thrown him overboard as well. <laughs> like, get him out of here. Well, he didn't try to throw himself overboard. He believed that God would help him if he went out in the life raft. But this Where thing can fly. Go? And he can conjure fucking fog that's thicker than a bowl of oatmeal. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not getting anywhere. No. Like, praying really loud. Oh, God. And with the lantern on, there's <laughs> flashes in the horse. I mean, Making so much goddamn noise. Right. <laughs> he was not rolling for stealth, that's for sure. And then their scheme of trapping Dracula in the boat and sinking the boat <laughs> and doing it at night. Like, I mean, sinking the boat during the day, maybe. Trapping him down yes. there, sinking the boat during the day, getting Why the fuck would you wait for night? You've just seen all these people explode. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? They waited for every 
Dang. Let's wait till night. I mean, they waited for night for It's so silly. When they have this Romanian bitch on board who's literally like, my people have been uh, hunted by this thing for centuries. So why are you, why are you not helping? Why are you just being hot with a shotgun? Do better. We do need somebody hot with a shotgun in the movie. That's also the nerd, the hot with the shotgun, the religious extremist, the hobbit. We've got it all. And we prefer the hot with a shotgun not to be a man. True. I mean, unless it's Ash, then it's okay. Then it can be Ash. Yes. I don't, I still don't understand their incompetence for how to get rid of it. At the end, I really thought that when the mask fell on his chest, that it would puncture his chest. And I'm like, there's our wooden stake, you know, but no. Yes, me too. And that well, we it. already know, though, we already know that Dracula doesn't die here. We already know that. <laughs> yeah. It's just like the doomed ship, you know what I mean? Also, the thing that kept taking me out wasn't the bad CGI. It was this bitch screeching all the time. Like, he spent so much time screeching into people's faces. I'm like, we get it. You're loud. Echolocation. We get it. Shut the fuck up. We need some peace. Can you just please be quieter, okay? For like I'm two autistic. seconds. For like two That's seconds. Like, I'm right here. I'm right here. God. Right. You, and you don't have to spit. You don't gotta scream. <laughs> you know what's funny though? You guys went for like the poetic justice of getting, you know, staked with a thing. I was like, I hope that hit him in the nuts. I hope. That. Does that he have nuts? Thought. I don't know. I just like that was my note. Is please tell me that mass hit him in the balls. I'm getting okay. tiny exposed bat nuts. <laughs> Yeah, they're probably the size of my pinky nail, honestly. <laughs> we're being honest, and I have small hands. Okay, so, like, I know that I said I love how in this movie that he was, like, mostly monster, but the way that she was talking about him, she was like, you know, this is a beast. He can masquerade as a man. Mm-hmm. So I would have loved at the end when he was in that hat for him to look like a man. Yeah. And not this guy in a hat. That's yeah. weird. It, and it felt like they're setting it up for a sequel, aren't they? Yeah, it does. But it was giving Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, like, very weird and please don't do a sequel. You know what I actually thought of? I have what? some on this bookshelf somewhere is there's, like, the Holmes Dracula file, which is, like, a Sherlock oh, yeah. Holmes Dracula one. I was yes. Like, That's that what it felt perfect. like at the end. Yes. Although, I don't know, for me, it would have been story over. I would have seen him in the bar and I'd be like, well, all right, I'm getting out of this town. Good luck. Adios, I'm like, catch him. He's stalking you. This main right. character, he was like so serious. He's taking the, everything so seriously. And like, he was so intense and like, it was almost too much. I loved him otherwise. I uh, like yeah. people intensity, intensities. There's some serious stuff going on. How do you expect him to be a goofy guy when this guy's out there? I don't know. We had the Justin Hawkins Hobbit guy that was just like still making jokes about banging chicks till the end. And look what happened to him, Elle. Yeah. I, I'm going to need Byron to come take back his hero for the main character on this one. It's just nobody could say anything. They're like, oh, the, the sea is mad. He's like, no, no. The sea doesn't get mad. It's the weather. And I'm like, okay, buddy. Are you going to pick your battle like at any moment? So I'm not going to argue with a bunch of seafaring people who can't read, you know, about whether the sea is mad or there's weather. So seafaring dinguses. Astronomy. I mean, 
just could not let it go. You know what? Also, I didn't understand. This is such a, like, a non-fucking point. You guys are probably gonna be mad at me. The captain, right? He was saying this was gonna be his last voyage. He promised his daughter that he would be done. So when they're telling him, bitch, you don't gotta die with the ship. You don't have to go down with the ship. And he's like, where else would I go? Go see your daughter, bro. That too. He said he had like a cottage cabin or something. Live Uh, the rest of your life. So I interpreted that as the kid belonged to the daughter and the daughter had passed and he promised her. Tell me that. I want it to be canon that he had somewhere to go. No, Um, I don't think he did. I really think that his plan was to raise her son because his daughter had passed. Well, now I'm sad. I know. It's sad. The whole fucking thing is sad. Like, the guy coming back, our main character, our hero, he came back to England because he had been summoned out to Romania to be a doctor because he couldn't find a job in England, but apparently while his name got out there the fact that he was black did it and so when he showed up and was black they sent him back and so he was just trying to figure out what the hell was wrong with the world where he could do everything right and still get fucked over which same but like what an existential episode the first thing he did too with those sailors is sit down at that table and present an existential argument and then we have old man davos over there acting <laughs> like they're in the lighthouse you know they're having this like conversation <laughs> back and forth dude literally i guess i guess that's what you can expect from sea dudes so the moral of the story is don't sea date dudes. sea dudes or Batman. Do what I can. Yeah. Oh, no, I-, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm sticking with the fact that the babe in this movie is that guy right there. He's exciting. And, you know, if we're really bored, we could get into a screech off. Dude. I'm competitive. You could- he could wrap wings. He did that to that one chick. I was like, yeah. is he her? Is- What's he doing? You know, like. Yeah. I love to be smothered. I love a needy man. That nice leathery wing. You could have a staring contest with the glow eyes, you know? Yeah, I don't know. What if it melts my glasses? These shits are expensive. Just like lots of like practical dating advice for dating Dracula, you know? All these fun activities you could do. You Just don't, don't go in the Dracula. sun. You don't date him. You <laughs> either are his wife or his feeding bag. You don't date. Well, feeding bag oh. is kind of a date. I mean, you're going to dinner with him. Hot. It's giving serial monogamous. I mean, either you're married to him or his feeding bag. She was These the are your only body, thing. it seemed like. What'd you yeah. guys think overall aesthetic? Like, of the ship and the costumes and The props? costumes were basic. It was basic, I'm on a boat. We never saw any food. Even when they were sitting and, like, eating mm-hmm. places. Do you remember seeing any food? I kind of hated that. Like, I want to see an aesthetic feast if we have to go historical fiction they didn't even really have like ale mugs or they were talking they had like what some chess pieces i mean there was no color it was all dark there was no color to contrast except for fire why adhere so much to a dark aesthetic you know and an aesthetic without kind of some i guess flair if you're going to slack on some things like all of the lanterns had obvious light bulbs and they were carrying around like flashlights you know, I'm like, okay, if you're going to do one, do the other. Like, these would have to be candles. I mean, it's just... That's not canon. That's not canon. Yeah, it's like, why stick to the historical 
period of so many things it's like oh well we have to have racism because historically racism but then you got light bulbs in the lantern and then you have miraculous shit where like everyone has the same blood type and we know about uh blood transfusions even though it was just invented like last year yeah it's it's a hot mess uh i would love to know what the budget was and where do you think they spent most of it on the cgi right yeah the cgi was dog shit though i'm sorry like this whoever did the cgi for the mayfair witches show did the cgi i'm just saying uh, okay. the effects are better than evil bong though that's a low <laughs> fucking bar stephanie hot <laughs> damn that's cool that's our standard okay if the effects needing to be better than Evil Bong or like where we're going, I think most movies pass. Let's give her a pass. There's no booby wall, but I'd give it two chuds. Oh, yeah, the CGI was not great. Even if you like made a little mini model ship and wrecked it, I think it would probably yes. look better. Come on, come on, you guys. That's not real. I don't believe you. <laughs> They make many models and then yeah. Wreck oh yeah. Oh no, I know that's real, but it's not real that that would be better. I don't, I don't know. know, dude. That sh oh, that shipwreck in that scene in the beginning, man, that threw me out immediately. I don't even count that scene at the beginning. I like wasn't even ready yet. I I was just like pounding skittles. I wasn't even ready yet, <laughs> so it just it didn't count for me. The but budget the was forty five million. All right, what was the budget for Evil Bong? Twelve dollars. Let me look. Okay, so $45 million was spent on CGI. Yes, versus $300 to make Bad Ben, which was a better movie, in my opinion. There was food in Bad Ben. There was Cheetos, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. There were Cheetos. There was uh, M&Ms on the side table, you know? There was an old man farting into a recliner. Luxurious. That is my choice of entertainment, is an old man farting into a recliner. Yeah, I'm not going to watch this movie again. I don't regret watching it. I regret paying for it. And I pre-ordered it on Amazon just because I was like, you know, I might want this in my collection. Something just to think about. Went straight back and canceled that pre-order <laughs> after seeing it because it's not even like it was that bad. It wasn't. It, just, it wasn't. It didn't add anything to, you know. No. The Oh, long list of Dracula movies. So. I'm literally gently placing it in the pile of all the Dracula movies. It's yeah. the only one that has made it out of that pile. It's always going to be Gary Oldman's Dracula for me. I have crossed oceans of time for you like that. <clears throat> I don't even think Gary Oldman is hot, but yeah. I would have followed him wherever he asked me to go. So. Literally, that makes he's only like Dracula hot. Like he's not hot in any other context, but like he blows Dracula out, out of the water. And like you won't catch him dead with psoriasis when he's holding that cane and he's got that. No, he's spiffier than a motherfucker. He turns Spiff into some kind of monster in that movie and yeah. they do that really well. And that's ugly CGI too. But the fact that they don't lean on it for the whole fucking thing and the whole scare right. and the whole aesthetic they've got wind, is... There's leaves blowing, Lucy's moaning and thrashing <laughs> everywhere. They could yeah. have done a lot with this and they did it. And I think that the... The expectations are what really kills it for people, for me at least. Like, 
the fact that I went into this like this is gonna be my next favorite movie and then came out Ooh. of it irritated. I didn't go in like that. No. <laughs> you know, I expected to like it. Like it I did. didn't be my favorite, you know, but it's been a while since I've seen a, a vampire movie, you know, at least what a couple years since they put out a decent one so we saw the invitation i didn't see that one but i listened to your guys' episode and (laughs) i don't want to see it now (laughs) i also made a tiktok about that man because yeah that man i think my overall comment about this movie is that it's an unsuccessful interpretation of the literary aspect of dracula that people like one of the strongest parts about reading brahms i guess is tone the difference between creepy which dracula is very creepy is the constant setting of tone whereas scary is all incidental it's all about what happens who screams who gets bitten this really tried to be scary when the story of Dracula is, and you have to set a tone to do that. You need more. You need certain colors and sounds, better music. First of all, the music was mostly sounds and not yeah. music, not a, necessarily a score in a lot of parts. So it just failed tonally, you know, and I think that was a problem. Another thing was, yeah, Dracula wasn't necessarily until the very end depicted as a charming, handsome person in clothes, which was the point of Dracula. It was, a, you know, a commentary on classism and elitism and things like that. You know, that's why there was a handsome a man in rich, fine, luxurious clothes eating people in the dark, you know? So I think it's two really important aspects of making Dracula work, especially for American people. That was the other thing that I thought was, this isn't what a count would do. Come on. No. This isn't isn't very aristocratic, you know? Okay. (laughs) I, I will say, like, the stuff on the boat, though, that could be a count in a very like starved manner because she did say at one point like there's no one left to eat in my country that's why he's leaving if he's like starving on this boat because he was also rationing them i can see him being disgusting but he's got to clean it up later once he makes land and there's people galore he obviously plumped back up because he went from you know crawling around and the dirt and eating animals or whatever to pretty powerful at the end you know threw the ship's mass off of him so i think he definitely had enough at the end to then go back into his facade i guess but and have skin you know have a little skin this little moisture not so much moist neck Right, and, and like tuck the wings away, suck them shits back into your, your back or wherever they go, be man-like. I don't know. It wasn't doing it for me. So my question for you guys is, Shit. if they have like a Dr. Sailor vampire hunter next year, you know, they come out with an, with a sequel, are you watching it? No. <laughs> no, I'll I let y'all watch it. I'll let someone else sacrifice themselves before I decide I would watch that. I don't think there's going to be a sequel. I don't think they can afford a sequel. If you're going to make a sequel of anything, anybody, make Constantine 2. Thank you. I knew that was coming. (laughs) Give Keanu his job back. I'm watching it just because that would probably be one of the first Black Vampire Hunters. So, you know. Yeah. See, when you say it like that, I'm obligated. Right. But it, he better not be just a nerd the whole time. I'm going to need him to get a bit of, like, badass in his system. Yeah. Yes. Open your shirt a little, you know? <laughs> he was no? cute. He could have stood yeah. to be a little bit sexier. I'm just saying, like, yeah, oh, yeah. Need more skin. Come on. That was one thing that did kind of fuck me up a little bit is, like, when the little boy is, like, hiding in the room. 
we see Dracula's naked ass there. I'm like, put it away, sir. Put some pants on, (laughs) you sick freak. At least they didn't show balls. Can you imagine? (laughs) His little bat balls. balls. Oh, (laughs) they got that little tiny bat fuzz on him. I don't understand why they didn't save the kid. The hole in the door was huge. They could have opened it a thousand times. He's like, oh, I can't reach. Get in there. Get in there. Somebody give him a boost. You know what I mean? Get in there. It's crazy. Open the door. You see the thing. You might as well take your chances. There's nothing on this fucking ship that's literally made of wood to uh, use as a step stool. Are you kidding me? Nothing? Besides just like the fact that the guy made the hole from like bashing his head into it. Like you could just, you know, try running and, you know, doing that. And at the end, our dude who, he died ripped to that guy, like the first mate who was going to be the next captain. He was was able to be captain. Right. But he was able to like use a, a fucking like hatchet and get through the hull of the fucking ship. If you can get through the hull of a ship with a few hatchet whacks, like why couldn't you get through a fucking door? Thank you. Logic. It doesn't make any sense. That was the problem with this movie so many places is like it just didn't make sense. Right. And then it was hot badass lady who was like, get the fuck out of my way and shotgun the door. Hot shotgun. She shot through the door. Like that narration. <laughs> so terrible <laughs> just why was it there it was so random it would just pop up random like oh who's that you know like and then i laid him on the table just like what's going on who's this just, narrator you just be quiet we've got eyeballs you just yeah our own devices not that complicated the scenario happening right no. now everybody's screaming they should have called this movie looking for guys on a boat because a lot of the time it was just hey Hey, like just screaming for other guys. Are you okay? Like, you know, dark on a boat screaming for a guy. The whole movie. I did see a tweet that was criticizing the movie because they thought that the name was too much. Like nobody knew that it had anything to do with Dracula. I thought the name was cool. So I'm a nerd, I guess. But I don't know. Like Voyage of the Dawn Treader. It's good. Mm. If it's a boat, it needs a long name. It's about a boat. I think that the movie did its own job of fucking itself up. But that's just my opinion. This wasn't terrible. It's just, you know, like, that's it, was, it for me. That's yeah. it for me and The Last Voyage of the Demeter. And yeah. Bring you want to see it. You know, it does kind of give you the munchies a little bit. Or I just had the munchies. I don't know. <laughs> I I mean, yeah, I ate a lot of Skittles. A little column A, a little column B. Yeah, I also had Twinkies in my bag. So definitely have snacks. And maybe that's why you were so mad, Elle, because I don't think you brought snacks. I didn't. And if I did, I wouldn't have ate them because the theater was disgusting and did not make me want to eat anything. Like the boat. Checks out. Two chuds. What do you think, Mel? How many chuds? I've got to give it probably two, just because (laughs) maybe one and a half. It didn't move me. I wanted to like it. I did it. I did. I tried. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's going to eat someone soon. I'm going to get into this. But even the even the eating wasn't, you know, the traditional like vampire, almost like sexual, yeah. you know, kind of throats open, wasting a lot of blood. Right? What a wasteful bitch. And then licking the fucking deck boards, really. That was hysterical <laughs> and really creepy. <laughs> hysterical. You just sucked all those fucking sheeps and shit you're fine (laughs) you don't have to lick the floor 
glutton much. Okay, two chats. So anyways, you can find this podcast on the interwebs at ghostinthemagazine.site, on Twitter at GITM Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at WitchXPudding. And you can find me at Nocturnical. And you can find me at Hedda underscore Mel. Okay, bye.